This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Juita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. One more topic to discuss. 2023 was hardly a cruel year for Taylor Swift. Magazine has named Taylor Swift its Person of the Year. Forbes Magazine, by the way, named Tay-Tay the fifth most powerful woman in the world. That's pretty good. Other nominees for Person of the Year, Hollywood Strikers, Chinese President Xi Jinping, OpenAI founder Sam Altman, the Trump prosecutors, Barbie, Russian President Vladimir Putin, King Charles III of Britain, and Jerome Powell the head of the Federal Reserve in the United States. Joita, what do you think of Taylor Swift being named Person of the Year? Um, at the risk of seeming a bit unprofessional. Are you kidding me? Are you, do you think like, Taylor Swift is the Person of the Year? I, you know, I went and looked up what the criteria was, and it was either a person, idea, event, what have you, that actually made it... That that had the biggest influence on the events of the year. And I am hard pressed to think of an, a year where we've had so much international global conflict that the thing that was the most influential the world over or has the greatest impact globally is a pop star who, you know, regardless of what you think of her music, basically had a boatload of concerts, uh, had everybody queuing up uh, to buy tickets that were often astronomically priced, and who has come away from that whole situation having made a truckload of money. I'm sorry, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting why she's the person of the year. And all I can say is this is a cynical attempt by Time Magazine to lose circulation. I'm sorry, not buying it. <laughs> okay, you know what? I think I think that sets the table nicely, and that's good, because I get to play devil's advocate a little bit, because I do share some of your cynicism, and I'll get to Time Magazine magazine in a second, and I'll get to media criticism in a second. Don't you worry, Joita. But I do think there's at least some merit to the case in terms of being a cultural touchstone yeah. that meant something yeah. to a lot of people. And it's, it's, it's yes, the concert was the biggest concert series uh, in America this year. Globally, the concert sales are monstrous. Number one streamed artist on Spotify. There is certainly uh, the uh, surge of Taylor Swift into the football world, and whether you like it or not, it's the second most popular sport in the world, maybe third, but in North America, it is number one by a mile. So there's been a cultural touchstone in sports as well. I think the fact that Taylor Swift has also done a lot of revenue sharing with people who work for her is a story that's gone underreported. The number of her staff and truck drivers and blue-collar people who helped put her show together getting $50,000, $100,000 bonuses at the end of the tour showed a little bit of something that showed a pop star that has... 
a bit of a deeper sense of an economic commitment to the people who've helped her along the way for success. And I also think you cannot leave out the women's empowerment work she's done, whether it's openly grappling with politicians on the issue of abortion or actually helping create get-out-the-vote movements in various states, not just in the United States, but around the world. So, I, Joita, I'm only playing devil's advocate because I've, I've got some criticism to offer here about this. But, Michelle, that's me making the case for Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'll add one dimension to your case, too. Well, it's more of a case for why she's a fascinating figure, and I'll come back to this. And among all the other things she's done that you mentioned, she's also been an interesting trailblazer in terms of how to maintain some artistic control over your career. Uh, one mm. could argue that she can only do that because of the platform she occupies and how prominent a figure she is, but that's a whole incidental thing. So. Is there a good, strong, in my opinion, is there a good, strong case to be made for why Taylor Swift has become one of the most powerful people in the world? I don't argue with that characterization. And I'd say, yes, I do find that all that stuff quite interesting. But when I come back to person of the year, this is where I, I uh, share a lot more of Julia's take. I'll start by saying that I, I personally think the list that you read off to me, that struck me as a really weak list. I was not that impressed with the vast majority of the picks on there. And in that context, maybe Taylor Swift's. Uh, by the way, that's not my list. That's not my list. That's time short no, list, no, no, by the no, way. No, to totally, totally. But like in the context of that list, I think it's even easier to make the case for Taylor Swift. But in Joita's right. There's so much else going on in the world. Taylor Swift's relevance and newsworthy value only really applies to a few countries, some highly privileged demographics. There is so much else going on right now. I really am also kind of baffled by the situation and by this decision, even as I get it. Okay. But I feel like positioning it in a broader frame of context might have changed the outcome. Michelle, I'm going to stay with you here. You didn't like the list. You All didn't right. necessarily like the person who was named. There actually are two people on this list who I think could be uh, nominees, but I think it's actually I've more about one. the idea they represent. I would say Sam Altman and OpenAI, mm -hmm. the artificial intelligence conversation more broadly this year is one totally. that I think, like, if you want to call it artificial intelligence the person of the year, even though, once again, media criticism, I think AI has been covered rather poorly by the mass media, but I do, think, I do, think, it's been, I do think it's been a very interesting year on the AI front. And I also do believe Jerome Powell and more broadly inflation um, and cost of living, you could apply that lens in a lot of places, but it's fair to say that the uh, American Central Bank, uh, the Federal Reserve, is sort of one of the big driver on these decisions. But there were places like Argentina where, where inflation was still 100% year over year this year. So I still think you could make an argument for global inflation. But Michelle, sorry, I long preambled you there. You either didn't like the list or you want to go off the list. Who would you name? Who would you, who would yeah, you pick? I, I'm with you entirely on Sam Altman. That to me was the strongest pick. And my ultimate pick for person of the year, since it does not have to be a person, would have probably been AI or ChatGPT if you wanted to get more specific. That to me has had massive global ramifications that we're only barely beginning to understand. To me, that I can make that case much more compellingly than for Taylor Swift. Um, Jerome Powell, I think that makes sense within a strictly American context, but... Um, I, I tend to prefer to see figures with broader impact and more global impact favored in these sorts of things. So, um, as always, context matters, but AI <laughs> would have been really like, honestly, that, that's in a world where Barbie makes the list and AI doesn't, I, yeah. I don't, I don't well, get well, that. Well, AI Sorry. sort of, but I think AI makes the list via Sam Altman. I, th I think that's sort of how they do it. And but that's like, where, again, 
again. But again, way to miss the point. Sam Altman is not a household name. ChatGPT is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think you're right on the Jerome Powell thing. I think if you said, for example, say central banks were the person of the year or, to better or Christine broadly, Lagarde yeah, or like, yeah. Monetary like, policy. Let, 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 yeah. yeah. Or let's not say Tiff Macklem, though. You, you know where I land on <laughs> Tiff Macklem. Uh, Julia, you got to be quick on like who you would either take on this board or off this board because I do want to engage in a little media criticism with you as well because I think you and I are on a similar page here. Yeah, well, I think maybe I was actually leaning towards the Trump prosecutors or or maybe Barbie, actually, just given the global reach of that film and how that was also feminist criticism. But I'm not super sold on either of them, to be honest with you. And we we don't really talk about it very much, but there is a major conflict in the Middle East and that has had massive reverberations uh, globally. Yeah. Um, and maybe having someone associated with that conflict might have been a time person of the year. The problem is, and and I'll just make a quick note about this. I think often people perceive the time person of the year as an endorsement, uh, which is not the case. Uh, Like Stalin was once time person of the year. And I was like, come on, give me a break, you know? And so I think that's what makes this pick even more contentious because people often walk away with the impression that this is an an endorsement and Taylor Swift might have been the less, the least politically (laughs) charged. And that's why she ended up on top. But Joita, people are stupid. And I've, and I've stopped, I've stopped worrying about how like the general population and stupid people uh, perceive these lists. Well, I mean, people do perceive these lists and the Time magazine at one point had a massive reach, but I think now it's become more of a legacy piece. I mean, it's around since totally. the 1920s. We've all had the Time person of the year, uh, at least in our in our lifetimes. But I don't know if it's really that much of, I don't know if it's really a big deal anymore. Yeah, I, mean, so- I don't know if people really hang their hats on this one too much. Right, so so that's the, yeah. me, that's the media criticism, and that's where I'll say, like, even though I can make the case for Taylor Swift, I worry that many, many, many media institutions are perpetually trying to glab, grab low-hanging fruit and naming Taylor Swift person of the year. Oh, we're going to sell a bunch of magazines to Swifties, or we're going to get a bunch of clicks, and we're going to get the Now News panel to talk about this. I mean, frankly, like, we probably would have talked about it anyway. We definitely talked about Elon Musk last year. I believe it was last year Elon Musk was person of the year. It might have been two years ago. I Time is a flat circle. Solinsky was last year. Elon Musk was the year before. Time is a flat circle. I struggle with these things. But but suffice to say, I do worry about the cheapening of this. Like I worry about perpetually looking for the low-hanging fruit, lowest mm-hmm. common denominator kind of nomination here, as opposed to like really grappling with like the broader the broader issues. And the other thing is all of a sudden people are gonna start blaming Taylor Swift, right? Like people people in the football world are already blaming her for being on their football broadcast too much when it's the broadcasters who are showing Taylor Swift over and over and yeah. over again during during movies. But, you know, Joita, it's always easier to blame a woman than blame the system. Yeah, and that too. But also, I, I think <laughs> there is an argument being made that Taylor Swift might seek a political office, uh, which I don't know how much you how much story oh, you put in that. Um, <laughs> but uh, the one thing, the one good thing is that it has really like ticked off the alt-right and everyone's getting in a huge frenzy about the fact that Taylor Swift was made person of the year. So yes, low hanging fruit it is, but anything that gets the alt-right mad, I'm Okay. <laughs> any, 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 another stop on the culture war is good for everybody involved. Uh, Michelle, Joita, have a great weekend, both of you. Joita, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle, I'll talk to you on Monday morning. What do I want? Alex Smythe will talk to you on Monday morning. Uh, okay, take care. Sounds good. I good will be recovering from a lovely Sunday in Buffalo, New York. That's Michelle McQuig, a weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Enjoy a good regional news update. And then uh, Brock Richardson will look ahead to a busy week in Paris.
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.